0: My guest today is Ben Kacheri. He's here to talk about his review of the HTC Vive. My name is Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Hey, Ben, welcome back to the show.
1: It's super good to be here and talking about a whole nother virtual reality platform because there are many of them now, which is a thing that's going on in our lives.
0: bizarre. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the future. I guess we're like living (laughs) in it right now. Um, Ben, if somebody came to you and they said, I want to get either the Oculus Rift or the HTC Vive, what's the first question that you would ask them? To try to establish what the best answer to that
1: would be, I, I would ask them two things. First off, I'd ask how much space do they have available for what their VR area would be, and how open they are to tinkering. Like, what what is their need to have something work out of the box? Because uh, the Vive is a a super neat system. It does require, ideally, to get the really cool stuff working. Um, a pretty decent size space to walk around in. Um, the Rift is an amazing product that can be set up very quickly and works very well and very easily out of the box. Those, those are the two places I would start, and then we'd go from there.
0: Um, one of the things I thought was interesting, and I just saw this actually pop up on Twitter that you wrote, was that you can play non-games uh, that aren't designed for VR necessarily um, with the Vive. Um, what, what is that experience like?
1: So it's it's super cool, and one of the nice things about uh, being Valve is that you own the dominant PC gaming platform. Odds are, if you are listening to this and you bought a PC game in the past few months, you probably bought it on Steam, statistically speaking. So... And, and Steam also knows when you're wearing the headset. It knows when the Steam VR process is running, and it knows when things are being tracked in your VR space. So if I have a copy of Doom 2, and I launch Doom 2 from VR uh, using Steam big picture mode, and you get like a laser pointer on your controller, it's all pretty cool and futuristic. It launches it in, in like this strange movie theater like environment where you're in this round theater there's a floating screen a giant screen in front of you and you can play any 2d game in there any 2d game so if if it is a product that you can launch via steam and it's not designed for vr it will automatically launch in theater mode and it'll play on this big floating screen and it's super cool
0: is that a, a an enjoyable way to play a game that the in uh, in VR? Uh, like, where is your, Where are you up both with that? And I guess watching movies like having those traditionally 2D experiences in VR? Like, is that something you want to that you like make part of your day to day?
1: You know, it, it really depends. The, the, there is the aspect of it that you are closed off, which is good or bad, and on depending on how you how you feel about it. And on the Vive, you can double tap the menu control, which gives you this this crazy like Tron like view through the camera of what's going on around you. So if someone like walks in the room, you can see them and speak to them, which is very cool and very strange and hard to get used to. But playing games on this big theater. It's super cool because your computer monitor is likely not 50 feet long, right? It's a, it's a giant movie theater style screen. And um, there's, there's actually a, a program you can get uh, on Steam called Virtual Desktop. That's $14.99. It's one of my favorite VR programs in the history of the world right now. It works on Vive or Rift. And it gives you a lot of options on how to set up your desktop and virtual reality so you can watch netflix or you could watch hbo go or you can play 2d games and th- there is something really cool about being in a virtual movie theater or if you have a program like virtual desktop to be playing 2d games on a giant curved screen while you're floating in an asteroid field like it's just i i think that's super cool um other people may disagree uh, what's
0: been the biggest, now that we're sort of like on the, we've sort of crossed the Rubicon and you've actually spent like, uh, uh considerable time with both of these headsets, right? What's, what's been the biggest surprise for you, for you in the past month or so?
1: The biggest surprise for me in the past month is how rarely I feel sick. Um, People who haven't tried the modern VR things, they always ask, oh, but does it make you nauseous? Do you feel ill? And as long as you have a minimum spec gaming PC that you can run these experiences at 90 frames a second, which is a big ask. You need a lot of power to run either platform. And some games take even more than that, depending on your settings and what games you're playing. But as long as you're hitting the minimum frame rate of 90 frames a second, it's comfortable. Like there are evenings I go down in my little VR lab in my basement and I will spend, no joke, three hours or so at a stretch in VR, take the headset off, feel kind of strange because I was in a spaceship for three hours, which is an odd way to spend your time, but I don't feel nauseous. It doesn't make me ill. I think that's one of the most pleasant surprises I've found in all the times I've spent in VR.
0: I got a question from a, a bunch of people's ending questions, but this one's from Goddorf who asks, uh, would the camera allow for augmented reality applications too, or do I need to pawn my other kidney for a hollow lens?
1: It would, the camera is, it does give you a fairly reasonable version of a 3d space, but it's all, it's all monochrome. So you can set it so that it's like all different colors of blue or whatever but it's not clear enough that you'd want an augmented reality experience. And you, you could even like, there's a a setting where you can, it's, it's so, it's so strange to talk about this stuff without being able to show it, but it basically connects like a floating full color screen that's mapped to the front facing camera, to your controller, your vive controller. So if you hold that up in front of your eye, you can kind of see through it and see the room in full color it's it's a neat parlor trick. It has some uses if you're looking for your headphones or your soda or whatever. But it's not detailed enough or reactive enough that you'd want augmented reality. If you if augmented reality is your thing, yes, unfortunately, your best solution right now it's a three thousand dollar dev kit for the Hololens.
0: <laughs> Yikes! Um, yeah, uh, giving practical advice, and I know that's really hard at this point, but like, sure is it are you at a point now where you could say get one of these or wait for the morpheus i mean obviously the right time to buy any tech is six months from now right now happens to be right but um you know it is it still worth waiting is that is that experience going to be a little bit uh more restrained because of the processing power of the ps4 compared to what they're asking for the vive and rift systems
1: so I have not spent as much time in the PlayStation VR just because, y- you know, it's it's all dev kits. It's all at trade shows and things like E3 and GDC and CES and all that. But I have spent a significant amount of time in PlayStation VR. And it is a very, very good virtual reality experience. Like, you you can't do graphically... On PlayStation VR, what you can do on a Vive in a Rift, because you're connecting it to a three hundred and fifty dollars PlayStation Four instead of a nine hundred to fifteen hundred dollar computing system. I mean, just the reality of the situation is you take a hit on computing power. The nice thing is it works. When you buy your PlayStation VR, knock on wood, you're going to be able to plug it directly into your PlayStation Four. It's going to work the same for everyone. Setup will be a breeze. The headset is incredibly high quality based on what I've played and the uh, the effect the illusion of being there and being able to move around in 3D space is really super good. I think people are worried that like they're saying, you know, I can afford a PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation VR, but I can't afford like a $1000 system on top of an $800 um vive system and the word like am i getting the kitty version of vr you are not playstation vr is super good it is a very good version of vr it is limited in terms of computing power but they can also optimize the hell out of it because it's a console and i think people are going to be very happy with the vr experience in it
0: i i uh, it is too early to do any prognostication uh, as it is pretty much anytime you try to prognosticate stuff that hasn't happened yet uh, which is what prognosticate means, uh, but I, I I can definitely see a reality where the just the simplicity of the PSVR and the dependability of that is what makes that the first like widely used the the first one that really cracks into the mainstream because it 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 is such a, a reduced reduced uh, ask in terms of like uh, what you need to get up and running both monetarily and just like you know consistency sure. knowing that it's going to work
1: and it, it's funny in that uh valve even released like the trailer for the htc vive it's like getting it set up what's it like to play they do like some crazy mixed reality things to kind of give you the illusion of what it feels like to be in this game it's it's one of the best little vr infomercials that i think i've ever seen and it sells the experience very 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 well but even the official marketing materials kind of makes fun of the fact that this is a pain in the butt to set up you see Mm -hmm. people like stacking like books on the bookshelf and making sure that the base station works and they're all kind of like connecting cables and holding the controllers like oh is is this how i hold this i hope i'm doing this right and it is like the ikea version of setting up the vive but they are head-on addressing the fact that this is not the simplest thing to set up there are a lot of moving parts you need a room and you need to be able to put these base stations up on the wall or up on the side of a bookshelf or something so yeah like even people who think the Vive is super cool and may be able to afford it and might have this space it's a pain in the butt to set up and I think that might dissuade a few people
0: which one would you say has the better suite of uh, software
1: right now so this is such a it's, it's such a good question because there's so many games for both systems right now. And I'm so overwhelmed just trying to try just just attempting to try everything at least once. And like, keep in mind, this is my full time job. I've been doing this like 10 to 12 hours a day for literally the past 14 days. And I think there are still VR experiences I've missed, like the mm. amount of things and demos and games and programs is bonkers um but what's interesting to me is that like e valkyrie used to be how they were going to sell the rift it's ccp doing a triple a flight sim game only on rift and then it went to playstation vr and like today i think like the moment the embargo on the vive went up ccp tweeted out that e valkyrie is coming to the vive and all of these games are coming to the vive in a drift which was an amazing. rift launch title is coming to the vive so i think what's gonna happen is that once the rift launches the touch controller and before then going the other way i think like 90 percent of the games are going to be available for all platforms i'm already seeing games i thought would take a lot longer to get past the timed exclusivity phase being announced in both directions So once and like Fantastic Contraption, which is an amazing game, literally comes with the HTC Vive. Brilliant game. If you have a chance to play it, please do. It's amazing. You get to like build things with your hands. It's a game that everyone thought would not be able to work on the Rift because it requires you to stand up, walk around, use 3D controllers. None of this stuff is what the Rift was originally designed to do. And the developers of that game are like, yeah, when you add the second uh, sensor and you get the touch controllers for the Oculus Rift, it works fine. Like they can do a slightly smaller version of room scale, but our game is going to be super great on, on the Rift. You should buy it there as well, hopefully, if you have both or if you didn't have a Five and you had a Rift and wanted to play our game. I didn't think that was going to be announced or even possible this quickly and the developer isn't just saying it's possible, they're saying it's a really good version of the experience. And like these are small indie teams talking about this stuff. And if something doesn't work well in VR, they tend to be fairly vocal about it. And what I've been hearing over overall is that each system does have a few strengths and weaknesses, but like you can do almost everything on the rift and the vive once the touch controllers come out so we're going to see an immense amount of overlap in terms of games and programs and and just general abilities which do you
0: say is the most comfortable between the two
1: uh the PlayStation VR
0: okay but let's just,
1: <laughs> all right i've heard i've heard that uh, that that seems to yeah. be really
0: consistent so that's the one but uh, between bet- bet-
1: vive and rift i think and, and see this this is the thing everyone thinks Uh, because i tend to like vr as a technology that i equivocate a lot and i'm trying not to pick sides but the honest to goodness truth is that the rift is a pain in the butt to get on over my glasses but feels great once it's 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 sitting on there whereas the vive is easier to get over my glasses but doesn't feel as comfortable once it's on like the the vive headset is heavier the straps that the top strap that you use to kind of tighten it down a little bit if you really want to adjust it well is located under the bundle of cables that runs to your PC, which is like a really basic design issue. That's constantly annoying. And I have no idea how that like made it past uh, the, the retail like dev kits. Like it's, it's not great. So I think overall, I think the fit and the finish of the Rift is is better in a lot of ways. It's lighter. It feels better once it's on. Adjusting, it's easier. But in terms of getting it on and off, uh, the Vive is, is better, I think. PlayStation VR blows them both out of the water. It's not even close.
0: All right, Ben. Last question. Sure. Here it is. The yeah. big one. Yeah. If I have $1,000 to spend on vr which is just another way of saying enough for one of them this year what is the one to get
1: sure i would say on the record having spent significant amount of time with both of them and assuming this question is asked right now and not in a hazy point in the the, future uh,
0: an acceptable answer could also be wait for playstation vr but think about
1: all the time i'd miss yeah screw that you got to live your life you could be hit by a car tomorrow and tomorrow. die thinking I never owned a VR headset. Right. That, that could be, <laughs> that could be your chief regret. Or you could,
0: or you could buy a VR headset today <laughs> and get hit by a car tomorrow and think, Oh, I wasted my last day on earth.
1: Pretty, pretty considerably. So if you, you had to pick one today and you had a thousand dollars, I would say get the Vive because the Vive can do at right now, while we're speaking, uh, The Vive can do everything the Rift can, and the Rift can't do everything the Vive can. And I think we're going to see almost all of the really great Rift games come out for the Vive before you know it. And the Vive can do a good seated experience while you're holding a controller and do all these things that the Rift can do. So right now, the Vive can simply, even though you need to fiddle with it a bit more, it can simply do more. Plus, if you do have a room, if you're lucky enough to have a room and like a very forgiving family who is willing to give up space in a room for room scale VR, the act of walking around these virtual environments is fan freaking fantastic, which is why. A lot of people are like, oh, you, you scored the the Vive an eight, and that seems awful high with all the caveats you list. And it's like, yeah, because even though it has so many caveats and so many little gotchas, once it all works, it's so cool to be inside these environments that it's all worth it. So if you have $1,000 right now, I would say get the Vive done
0: cool all right well ben kuchera thank you so much for your time once again and thank you to you at home for listening we've got a lot of great stuff for you on polygon.com just go over there and read all of it and watch all of it just just consume our media uh, but uh the next time we have a game to talk about we will be back but until that moment for ben kuchera my name is Justin mcelroy and thank you for listening to polygons quality control